Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to uh to the live in the Carnasada Bleed Los podcast post game show whatever you want to call it none of that matters because it's it's time for morning. Uh, you're joined by myself, Alonso Cinnamon, as we refer to him in some cases, Cody Snavely, and uh, and the babyface gimmick in the sky, Roger. Uh, the the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, go down. They uh, they go down four to two in Game Three against the Arizona Diamondbacks in Phoenix, and their season is over. Season's donezo. Um, and I, I'm going to be thousand percent honest with you. I think I think the sentiment with this loss, I think, is worse than even how last year ended against the Padres. I think this one hurts more because of just the prolific offense that didn't show up. So, so Cody, I'll start with you. How do you feel about everything right now after that loss? Yeah. You know, going back to last year, you know, I didn't think it could get worse than that. Um, the humiliation of dropping three or those three games in a row and losing in San Diego, um, especially after the season they had last year, 111 wins, like, it got talked about to death all off season. I still hear about it even right now. Um, I would say it's a little more embarrassing because I've been telling people, you know, this D-backs team, they have a lot of young stars, but when you look at the Padres, we talked about it before, you know, that that was a team that had superstars and they put it together at the right time and they went on their run and they beat the Dodgers. The Dodgers really had pretty much every advantage of this series, except for, probably starting pitching where you could say it was even because the D-backs had two starters. We had two starters, but they just fell flat on every facet of baseball, you know, shaky defense, not good starting pitching. The only thing that was the bright spot of the series was their bullpen, which if you go back a couple months, that was like our biggest fear potentially going into October. We were like, all right, well, what's this bullpen going to do? But it ended up being the offense, which, you know, deja vu, that's probably been the Achilles heel for the Dodgers for the this entire run, um, besides the years that they've either made the World Series or in 2020 when they won, you know. The offense just didn't get going, and it's kind of embarrassing to see our top two hitters who are obviously going to be 2-3 in the MVP this year, most likely, to just only get one hit and then let that be, one hit be an infield single that Freddie Freeman had to pretty much go all out for. No, I think you're a thousand percent right. I, I, uh, as I watched this game, as a guy that played baseball, it was it was frustrating to watch, to say the least. Just because the last thing you want is is uh, basically your offense just to not get going, right? Like it, everything else is your bullpen's jiving, right? Truthfully, with Lance Lynn giving up, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, Roger, because because I'm leading to you. 
uh, Lancelin giving up three bombs in any other instance, I think is not a problem because the offense that you have on the other side, right? Like you, you, you feel good with those guys going out there and kind of making up that difference. But I wanted to ask you, since you and I hadn't had a chance to talk on here yet, how, how, uh, by the way, if you're joining us, uh, thank you for the comments. I like D I, can't, I don't have my glasses on, so I apologize. I think it's D Brafferty 100 sell the team. <laughs> That's my favorite one so far. Um, uh, but no, thank you for your engagement guys. I, we, we really appreciate you guys joining us. We'll, we'll, we'll go, uh, uh, look at some of those comments here in a minute, but Roger, I wanted to ask you when, when those three bombs were given up, how did you feel at that point? I mean, it was kind of expected, right? I mean, you hear uh, it was still pretty hot in, in Arizona today. The roof was open, so you kind of expected the ball was going to fly. You know, after he had gotten through the, the first couple innings, uh, you know, you're hoping, okay, you give him a couple more innings. But then, you know, the first home run, the second home run, you're like, crap, what the hell is going on? And, and I mean, you don't expect the guy to give up four home runs, right, in one inning. And, you know, and you thought it was three, and then the next pitch, he ends up hitting the fourth home run anyway. So it's like, um, I mean, I don't know, maybe the trigger should have been a little bit faster. You know, a lot of people are mentioning, you know, maybe as soon as that first home run, you, you, you put some, somebody has to be up, right? I mean, Toro Velo had somebody up as soon, and as soon as he gave up a, a single, right? He pulled, he, he pulled his starter. So, um, I mean, I don't know if that would have helped anything there. Um, but I mean, to me, it all boils down to the offense. The offense never got going. You can't have your stars, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman one hit, right? It starts with them. And if they didn't do anything in this series, and here's the result, Dodgers get swept out of the NLDS. And, you know, like you said, I think it's far worse this year than the Padres series from last year. Because that, that I told you guys, that series, both teams sucked. They, they, they both, none of them were hitting, and the Padres were able to get those hits to, to eventually give them the win. Dodgers just got their asses kicked. No, no other way about it. No, you yeah, know, I mean, they got outplayed, and, and the reason, by the way, I went with the three home runs instead of four, is I felt like the momentum shifted once the foul ball obviously was called a foul ball, right? And then he comes back and crushes that, like no doubter, right? And I feel like at that point, that's when the momentum shifted, and you could kind of feel like the air kind of got taken out of the out of the Dodgers. Am I wrong in kind of looking at it that way? No, I mean essentially like we discussed on the live last time where I said the Dodgers really needed to get a lead to kick off the game. Unfortunately, they didn't get a chance to do that. Um, And I would say a three run game, two run game is a lot more manageable. But once you start getting to that fourth run territory, it starts becoming an uphill battle. And we saw that pretty much all series long. So, you know, like you said, that's a pretty much, that's like a knockout punch almost because, you know, we get, bailed out by the foul ball and then he just says okay i'm going to deposit this into deep center field in a in a pretty big outfield in in chase field so um yeah it was definitely a huge blow um i was shocked that nobody i've been shocked this entire series by the lack of either mound visits or pacing around the mounds or getting guys like roger said like as soon as that first home run or that second home run why didn't they have somebody like pacing in the bullpen? Why didn't Roberts or the pitching coach Mark Pryor go out there to just talk? Um, I feel like all three games they you've had moments that they didn't do that, and at the end of the day, that's 
accountability to the coaches. Um, so I'm curious, like, why no one did that with Lynn, um, and why didn't they just have a, a why didn't they pull the pull Lynn a lot quicker than that? Uh, because they were pretty fast with Bobby Miller. Um, obviously, Kershaw they may have waited too long. He only got one out, but um, I'm I'm surprised that Lynn didn't get hooked first. I will say I was surprised that they the lack of mound visits with Bobby Ice in that game. You know, because that's one of those words that came in. Let's get you to settle down. You know, this is, you know, you're doing this right. Let's keep working on this. You know, that's that's sort of stuff that they talk on the mound. I, I, I was surprised that they didn't do that with Lance after the second home run. Because at the end of the day, like sometimes you, you could tell. And again, I don't know Lance Lynn, but just at least from the camera angles, you could tell he was either flustered or just kind of perplexed as to what was going on. And it's also just super possible he just didn't have his stuff after, you know, kind of going through the lineup a couple of times, right? So, I mean, that's a very real thing. And so so that was one thing that that I took away from that. But I agree with you a thousand percent. I'm really shocked that the leash was as long as it was on Lance and that they weren't trying to kind of mitigate, hey, let's not do this again because it's already happened twice. Let's yeah. just try to kind of keep the, the damage to a minimum. Um, uh, dude, Mookie Betts, having the series that he had like obviously an unforgettable one but that considering a why you brought him right why you gave him that contract what you expect with him like i i it's i'm just really confused like i like am i am i looking a little too too deep into the rabbit hole or am i right in looking at it that way roger no, I mean, it's exactly why you brought him. It's exactly why you bring the stars, right? You you have Mookie, you have Freddie. You expect them to deliver. I mean, I was watching the, the Phillies game that, earlier today. Freaking Bryce Harper is playing out of his mind for the Phillies, right, in, in the playoffs, right? And, and that's what stars do. They shine in this moment. And, I mean, you even get people, you know, guys that aren't stars that will come up and shine in this moment. But when you look at the Dodgers line, and that's what I thought, this year was going to be different. I thought, you know what? They got guys like Hayward, you know, Rojas. These guys will, will come in clutch in situations, right, and be able to get some some big hits that's going to help them. But it's like nothing. It's like the exact same thing that we see every single year. Once the bright lights of October hit, a lot of these guys just, they don't know how to deal with it or, or I don't know what happens and they they just go away. Well, and and we – you know, talking about that stat that we talked about, right, where for the first time in franchise history with four players with the 100-plus RBI, that's Mookie Betts, Max Muncie, J.D. Martinez, and Freddie Freeman. This series, only one of them had an RBI, and it was J.D. Martinez. The, looking at the names on that list, I would never expect that the one RBI would be from J.D. Martinez. No disrespect to J.D., but when you got Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman on a list, you would think they would at least account for a few, right? And especially with how prolific of a hitter Freddie Freeman is, again, it made me, that's how you know baseball is just like golf. It's a cruel, cruel sport because when it's going, it's going. But when it's going bad, it's going bad. Uh, so real quick, let's look at some of these comments. And thank you again for uh, for everyone chiming in. I will stand by this statement once again because Cody and I talked about it. This is not Dave Roberts' fault. None of this is Dave Roberts' fault. And the reason you're not going to fire Dave Roberts 
Give me three names of managers that are equal to or better than Dave Roberts that the Dodgers can hire tomorrow. And I guarantee that list is going to be maybe one name. And I don't even know who that name would be if I'm completely honest. They're not going to, they should not fire Dave Roberts. This is not his fault. Really, the only mistake that was made that Cody and I talked about, you could say, if we're splitting hairs, is the lack of mound visits. And that would either be on Pryor, that could be on Dave, could be on either, right? If anyone needs to be held accountable, it's for the roster construction, and that's Andrew Friedman. But Andrew Friedman isn't going to hold himself accountable. I mean, that's just the reality. Um, I, I, uh, one of the uh, – where is this comment? I seen it a moment ago, and I have to find it. Um, where is it? Where is it? Sorry, guys, I don't have my glasses on, so I, and I really should wear them, but I don't because it reflects. Um, oh, what did Mookie do last year? What did Mookie do last year, Roger? Nothing. I mean, he's got what? Two hits, three hits, right? Going uh, back, three, let's go. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but but people wanting to consider trading him, I don't think that fixes the problem. And also, trading that contract would be tough. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I I I don't even I don't, see that. I can't see an argument when people. I get people are coming with anger and frustration, yeah. but. We'll just put it out there right now. They're not trading bets. They're not trading Freeman. They're not blowing up the team. No, they're um, not selling the team. Yeah, they're definitely not selling the team. Oh. And like you said, you know, Freeman's not going to admit that he was wrong last year, even after how disappointing the season was. You know, he pretty much admitted what kind of what we all know still um, is that the postseason, you know, it's a different animal. It, it is very, you can't manage it correctly there's no one way to manage or whatever there's no one way to play some teams get hot at the right time but it's pure chaos yeah. and freeman admitted to that last year and there is truth to that um but then roger even mentioned you know there's just some players that are just built for october and and i don't know if it's something like Betts is a superstar player yeah. But even when he was in Boston, like I didn't look at that team where he, he won the MVP that year. They won the World Series, but he wasn't the guy that won the World Series for them. Got them to the postseason, but there were so many guys in that lineup that if, helped him out. If you remember the, the MVP for that series, I can't even remember Steve his name. Pierce. Yeah, yeah Steve Pierce. It was just one of those guys that, that yeah. stepped up in that moment, and he won the MVP in that World Series. Yeah. Well, I mean, even, I mean, if you look back at like the prolific Yankees years, right, they had that stacked roster, but who did they all look at as Mr. Consistency? Bernie Williams. Is Bernie Williams considered a superstar? I would say no. He was a great, you know, he's the Rick Fox to Shaq as he was Bernie to Derek Jeter, right? So, I mean, the, every, that's how just, that's just the way it goes. There's, it's never the superstar guy per se that carries it up. To your point, Roger, Bryce Harper is playing out of his mind. And I would argue that Bryce Harper is also underpaid because my man is 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 out playing that contract so far. But that's that's another another issue to, to discuss. I do want to ask you this though. I, I was thinking about this because someone texted me this during the game. Season's over, right? What you're you're the you're the the armchair GM. I'll ask you first, Cody. What's the first thing that you do the second that you look at what this is and, and what you do to fix it. I mean, it's hard because when you look at the regular season, that's the first thing they're going to look at. And over a course of a 162 season, 
I mean, their offense, they failed them in October again, um, but they were still probably the second best offense in the sport where they were just under um, the Atlanta Braves, who they're also on the brink of elimination coming into tomorrow. So um, it's hard to fix, um, but the Dodgers have a lot of holes. Um, they have a lot of one-year contracts, a lot of guys that have um, that are getting into their RB years, club options. Um, I think you're going to see a lot of turnover, but obviously the biggest one is probably pitching and it's specifically starting pitching. And there's a couple arms this off season that are definitely going to get paid. We talked about Blake Snell before Aaron Nola. He, he shoved today. He's definitely going to be a guy that there's already teams rumored to be interested in him. Um, I just think the way things have shaken out with the Dodgers the past couple years they are very desperate for a frontline starter, especially since the whole Julio Urias situation. Walker Bueller's having his second Tommy John. I mean, we we don't really mention his name, but Bauer was technically supposed to be in their plans at this point in in that contract, um, and they end up getting bit in the the back with that one, and they're still on the hook for that money this year. Uh, people were commenting all on Twitter. Well, at least they got under luxury tax. They didn't get under the luxury tax this year. They still had to pay it, not as much as last year. But I think they have to look somewhere for starters. Um, I think they're gonna. They have to be active in the trade deadline or uh, the off season for the trade market. Um, see what teams are what teams are moving on from certain guys, and then get you a frontline starter. Because you know, even if you do bring Kershaw back, which I would say it's probably this a 70% chance that he comes back because he could either retire, go to Texas, um, and then or just come back. Um, he's not going to be a guy that you can have being the one two in this rotation. Um, and we just pretty much got confirmation of that from this October. So starting pitching would be my number one thing. Before I go to you, Roger, breaking news, sports empire in the house. Uh he's uh Evidently, he's also thinking we need a fresh new manager. I asked for three names, folks. Give me three names, and then we can we can litigate it. That's all I'm asking. I I am always happy to litigate and debate and all that jazz. But all I'm asking the criteria is give me three names that are either equal or better to Dave Roberts. Roger, same question to you. You're the armchair GM. What are you doing tomorrow? I mean, I think pitching is going to be the obvious choice, right? First, they got – I mean – we saw, and this was something that we were discussing months going in, like how was the pitching rotation going to look in the postseason? Obviously, we saw what it looked like. The pitchers couldn't get past the third, right, all their starters. So, you, you know, you, you got Bobby Miller, right? Who else after that, right? Are they going to pick up Lynn's option? Probably not, right, after after this. I don't think they've – Kershaw, does Kershaw come back? Another who knows, right? And then and then you got you know you got guys like Stone and and Pepio. They're all going to be young guys, if if for the most part, right? And then you got a, a returning Walker Bueller that you don't know what's going to happen with Walker Bueller. So they're definitely going to look at guys like Snell and Nola. Um, and then I don't know if I don't know if somebody like like Shohei is still in their plans, right? Because he, he's not going to pitch next season, anyways. If if they do get a Shohei, he's not going. He's just going to hit. So and then and then. Like I said, they need guys that are going to perform in October. And with Shohei, that's another – you don't know. He's never been in October, right? I mean, he's been in the WBC and Japan Series, stuff like that. But would he? what if he comes over and it's the same thing with him? It's like they need guys that are going to step up in October. And that 
I think that's probably the hardest thing to find. Yeah. I think they really just need, in terms of, we we talked about it earlier this year, you know, getting a lot more youth, getting kids yeah. involved in the roster. And they tried, they started doing that. Vargas got his chance, didn't work out. Um, Michael Bush, I mean, is he part of their plans next year? I'm not too sure because I feel like he's probably their best trade ship for whatever they're looking for, whether it is a veteran bat or an elite starter um, that's on the market. Um, but I really think they just kind of need more of young players because I feel like a lot of the teams that we're seeing, especially in the National League, like the Phillies, they have a lot of young talent. The Diamondbacks, they have a lot of young talent. Um, these are teams that are more than likely playing in the next round now, um, and they're feeding off that. Um, and that's it, we need guys that are hungry for the moment. And the current Dodgers roster, just because they've been there so long, like we're going on eleven plus years now of being in the playoffs, maybe they've lost that hunger, and you kind of need a refresh with it. So um, I definitely think they need to get younger. Trust if you're not going to use your prospects that you have, you got to trade them. Like yep. I get prospect holding cause it works out, but someone tweeted out earlier and it made a lot of sense. You know, they, I'm like the core with Bellinger, Seager and Urias, you know, they didn't trade those guys and they did peak, you know, they went to three world series in five years, one, one, but now these other guys that they've held on to um, like Dustin may um, and others, they they're really like a liability right now. And they didn't trade them when they were at peak value. So they got to do something. They have a lot of pitching depth and we've seen it um, and teams need pitching and we could probably get a good amount of stuff um, for those guys. So I, I expect a lot of shuffling with the roster. How, uh, how would you feel about trading Michael Bush and Gavin Stone for Tyler Glasnow and Randy Orosarena? Yeah, I'm a hundred percent on board with that. Cause I've already been tweeting it out. You know, I'm trying to put it in existence. Um, Rays, Dodgers, they have the connection. Um, I like Glasnow. He didn't do too well in the wild card series, but I mean, I think the Dodgers need to get a dependable arm. He has had issues with health. You know, he missed most of the season uh, this year. He didn't come back until almost after, I believe, after the All-Star break. Um, so there is some red flags there, especially, you know, you're looking at this rotation on paper now, like you take away the free agents there. I don't think Lynn comes back. They probably decline his option. I'm 50-50 on Kershaw if he even comes back at all. Um, you really just got Bobby Miller and then Walker Bueller, who's coming off his second Tommy John. And then you're filling out the rest of it with Ryan Pepio, Emmett Sheehan, um, maybe Gavin Stone. That sounds really like iffy. I feel like they need a dependable arm. And I don't know if they're going to shell out money to the big free agents that we've mentioned because they just haven't shown their ability to do that. Like they can do it, but they choose not to. Well, and, and I mean, listen, somebody in, in here wrote uh, Dylan Cease. If the White Sox trade Dylan Cease, they're going to want the farm because it's the yeah. White Sox. So I, I don't think that's a viable option. But I mean, what, hey, listen, let's say you have a shot at getting Blake Snell. Let's say that's a real possibility. I mean, you sign him to a two, three year deal. Why not? Like, it, I mean, I understand that he's, you're, there's going to be a lot of suitors because that market's thin. But I mean, if you go in with a fair offer, I know he'll consider it because my man, I know, wants to win. 
And so, you know, that, that gives you an opportunity. And I don't know, there's this guy named Cody Bellinger that I think, I mean, I said it before the season started. I think it was Juan that was giving me garbage about it, that I told him that when he went to Chicago, he was going to have a, a resurgence of a year. And that's exactly what happened. He, he went out there and did the thing. And now he's going to get paid. I don't know what he's going to get paid. It definitely ain't going to be that $12 million option that the Cubs got on him. But, yeah. but it, I mean, he, he has, they're, they're obviously a lot of folks wrote him off. Uh, I had a feeling that he was going to go there and do the thing. And he did. So, I mean, you know, I don't know. And I think if he were to come back, he, I don't think he would have the same amount of pressure that he had while he was there. And the reason I mean that is because you have you have other if if they go out and get these guys, not saying that's what they're going to do. This is just what I would do if I were the armchair GM. Then th- having a lot of these other guys alleviates that pressure on just one guy. But also everyone has to buy into what it is, right? Be that as it may, you still have to execute, right? You still got to go out and hit the damn ball. But I, I mean, that's at least what I would look at to see what they can do because I agree with you. They have to inject some new blood. I love Max Muncie. I really do. But if it was true that the Cardinals were kicking the tires on trading Nolan, go out and get Nolan. You get an elite glove and an elite bat that is going to be really hard to find in the market. And also, if you if let's say the, the, the glass now thing isn't a possibility, Michael Bush, Nolan, I don't know, Michael Grove. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, just looking at the roster, um, you know, pulling it up for what who their projected free agents are. You know, they have a they have a lot of position players. You know, Kiki, JD, um, Colton Wong, David Peralta. These guys are all on expiring contracts. They're gone. Um, maybe they come back. I feel like the only one out of that bunch that I think is worth an offer is probably JD, and it really just depends on how they go about either Otani or um, I think another option to replace JD in the DH spot. Um, we talked about it, I believe, all fair, but Max Muncy, you know, he has a club option that they're more than likely going to pick up. It's only 14 million just because his batting average was extremely low. The home runs, it pays for that contract right there by itself. So I believe they'll pick that up. Um, but then other than that, there's a lot of guys that are coming off the books. Um, and uh, there's a couple guys that may get their options declined for their club options. First one that hits me off the bat, Blake Trinan. Dude's probably been in limbo for two years now. Um, he has a club option for $7 million. I would probably see the Dodgers declining that. Joe Kelly's another interesting guy um, because, you know, he has had a little bit of resurgence um, with the velocity. He looked pretty good in the playoffs since the Dodgers got him. Um, but he has a 9.5 option. I could see the Dodgers maybe – picking it up because they're probably going to need some dependable guys in that, that, that bullpen. But I could see them just because 9.5 for a reliever, it's pretty steep uh, even for the Dodgers. So I, I don't know. They, they could decline that one. Um, and then Alex Reyes, who was supposed to be on that, that bullpen that was from the Cardinals. Um, he has the option two for 3 million. They probably just pick that up because hopefully he comes back healthy, plug him in there. But other than that, they got a lot of they have uh 20 players that are potential or could be potential free agents. Um so it's a lot of, it's going to be a big roster crunch this offseason. I I will say this. I think I think they should keep Kike 
for starters. I, I, I think he, it, you know, because every clubhouse needs a clubhouse guy, but also it's not that he's a scrub either. He, he plays multiple positions and, and he can, he can swing the wood pretty good. Um, I, I agree with you. I think they'll keep Joe Kelly because Joe Kelly actually, I mean, he, he was, he was actually having a great run. It's just the offense couldn't do what they could do. And JD Martinez is a very interesting one because I think, I think JD Martinez obviously outplayed his $10 million. I don't know. I mean, he's 35. So, I mean, is he going to try to get multiple years? I mean, obviously every guy wants to go get multiple years from somebody, but I mean, if the Dodgers really came in and said, Hey man, we'll give you two years at, I don't know, 30 like that. I feel like that'd be a fair offer. And it's not like it's a boatload of money, but also, I mean, you could tell he likes the environment. He likes the vibe and, you know, it's the old adage of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So, you know, you know, keep it, keep it going. The, the one, the the guy that I, I, I'm thinking quite a bit is Kershaw. I honestly think, I mean, granted, we don't know the extent of what Kershaw's shoulder situation is. I mean, we don't know if he's going to need surgery or any of that. I mean, I feel like if it's surgery, in my mind, he has to retire just because. Yeah. I mean, if I'm going to give my like honest opinion, you know, Kershaw is like probably my favorite player of all time. Uh, I named my my child after him. And (laughs) the thing is, is that I look at the roster and where do you go from after this to now? And I think kershaw puts a burden kind of on the rotation because you sign him back to that one-year deal with worth however much you want and then you have him for whatever reason it ends up being that he's that frontline guy and they don't need him they can't have him be in that role but bringing him back in whatever way they construct the roster it just seems like it always ends up being that way um I think they owe it to Kershaw to test um, if he wants to go back to Texas. But, you know, it, they also owe it to Kershaw if he even wants to play anymore because yeah. the amount of injuries that he has gone through and then what happened in that game one, he may want to come back. But, I mean, we said – I wrote an article about it. I was like, he's he's clearly not healthy. Like, yeah. I know his velocity was up a tick, but that doesn't – like, in terms of pitching injuries, the worst one's the elbow. The yeah. second one is the shoulder. Those yeah. are like two injuries that derail your career. And not many guys can come back from those injuries. And especially when they're over 35. I mean, Justin Verlander, it was like the outlier to get Tommy John at his age and then come back and still pitch in an elite level. Even now where he's, I'm pushing 40 years old. So it doesn't happen. And Kershaw, you know, I tweeted out, he's been plagued with injuries since probably 2015 whether it's the back that had that the back was the big thing for years. It seemed like every year he went on the IL because to just rest that back. And then now it turned into in 21 with forearm and elbow. And then now it's turning into the shoulder. Like your body doesn't get better. And I feel like the Dodgers just can't keep wasting roster spots for guys that only play a percentage of the year because you know at the end of the day we already said no matter what the Dodgers do I trust them to put together a good team that gets the playoffs it's about what are you going to do with the playoffs and I think Kershaw where he's at in his stage just isn't a really isn't a good pitcher to depend on come October and 
these younger teams, you know, they were ready to pounce on him. He before, you know, he was a figure you looked at, you're like, oh, that's Clayton Kershaw on the mound. I don't really think people really see that now. And that's not to do with anything with like what he's had with the postseason before, but it's right. just kind of where he's at in his career now. Well, let's also call a spade a spade too. Originally, with the construction of this roster, that wasn't supposed to, he wasn't supposed yeah, to be yeah. the frontline starter. It was supposed to be Julio Diaz. Obviously, circumstances changed the situation, and we are here now. So, I mean, that attrition obviously affects where we're at now as well. Because if, and granted, we don't know, right? We don't know how much different anything would have been because from the get go, the starting pitch has just been the the story, the storyline of this entire series. You know, I mean, who knows? Julio Diaz could have pitched out shutout ball, right? We don't know. They may have asked him to throw on, on short rest to, you know, to avoid elimination. It's 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 hard to say. Be that as it may, I feel like Clayton Kershaw to a certain degree is also being scapegoated. And I don't feel like that's right in the sense of that, because again, the roster wasn't constructed the way that it is now originally going into it yeah. and this is the card that these are the cards that we've all been dealt is what it is um roger would you which would you rather have would you rather have you know we send kershaw off in you know into the sunset or i forget the, the saying in english whatever it is when you send them off the way that you need to send them off and you hand it off to the kids or or would you want to hold on to the dream for one more year before Third option, he goes to Texas and does whatever there. I mean, I think, you know, the Dodgers organization knows that, you know, Kershaw has been the face of this franchise for many years, and they're going to let him do whatever he wants to do. If he wants to come back, I think they'll bring him back. You know, there's still some, there's still those milestones that I think, I think Kershaw would want to reach, you know, the 3,000 strikeouts. I think he'd want to do that as a Dodger. Um, I mean, but they're asking him tonight, just right now, and he was saying he doesn't know. Again, he doesn't know what's what the future holds. So, I mean, I'd say he's either close to maybe retiring. Um, I think that would be a higher percentage than I that I think him going off to like Texas. Um, now, if Texas goes on to the World Series and wins, um, I mean, I don't know. Does he want to join them after? Or, or I mean, I don't know. But I think. I think the Dodgers, if the Dodgers, if Kershaw wants to come back, I think they're going to, they're going to, they're, there's no way they're going to say, you know what, we, we don't want you anymore and we're going to let you go. I think if he wants to be a Dodger, he's going to be a Dodger. And that's just the way it's going to be. But I mean, they've got, they can't obviously look at him as like their number one dude, obviously anymore, right? It's, it's got to be built around these other guys and it's going to be young guys. Like you said, Bobby Miller, Ryan Pepio, those are the guys that are going to have to take, you know, the, the steering wheel next year and, and whoever they, they can get to come in, you know, whether it's the Blake Snell or Aaron Nola, they trade for glass now, wh whoever it is, I think that's how they're going to build this starting rotation. And, and you, you know, we, we think these guys, okay, these guys are here now, like Bobby Miller or Grove, but that might not be the case. I mean, come, you know, April, they might be guys in that rotation. We have no idea who they are, you know, right now at this moment, and they'll be there in, be there in April. Great example, Emmett Sheehan. That dude came out of nowhere with the RKO. I mean, I did out of nowhere. Um, I looking at the comments, someone said to add Soto at the deadline. I don't think Juan Soto would fit this roster if I'm completely honest. I, I, I there's just not even like statistically it doesn't really make sense, but also I mean it just creates that log jam again with 
with the outfield, right? I mean, that's just how I look at it. He just doesn't, and also he's going to cost an astronomical amount of money. I, I mean, if he's turning down, I mean, I still think he's insane for turning down. It was reportedly like $430 million. That's still, bro, if, if someone said, we're going to offer you $430 million, I'd be like, yo, where can you back the Brinks truck up to my house? Because I will sign that deal. Um, Someone said, uh, let's see, where is it? Young Hu Lee, who is the Korean Ichiro and plays outfield. I don't know who that is, but I'll look into that. Uh, Michael Carrillo also pointing out that Max Muncy is not worth it. <laughs> I mean, again, it's hard. The game has changed. It's not just about average anymore. I mean, we've talked about it on the show. If Max Muncy wasn't worth anything, they wouldn't be talking about it. They wouldn't have offered him the deal they offered him anyway um, to begin with. So, uh, so there's that. Uh, Sports Empire, who I am also convinced is Juan Ramirez, but I'll, I digress. Uh, definitely worth bringing Kelly back. Hernandez is just a fan favorite, but the man is done. I disagree with that respectfully, Sports Empire. I think Kike definitely still has – I mean, he's only 31, so it's not like he's he's washed. Um, but, you know, there's still plenty there to go. Uh, our best bullpen in years squandered from Mr. Dog. I agree with you 100%. The, the bullpen – was lights out and it's just a damn shame that uh that we couldn't do anything um uh, let's see well michael carrillo it average does matter but what doesn't matter if you're hitting for average if you can't get rbis i mean what's what's the point i mean if i go out and hit 300 but we can't win any games then what's the point it's just the reality uh santana from the mets uh, whoever, I think it's KRAD2K, uh, said that. Interesting. Um, again, thank you all for joining us, uh, here on the live. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers go down, uh, four to two in, uh, in Phoenix tonight. Um, I, I was looking for the names that people brought up Benjagil, Ozaki, and Joe Madden. Benjagil, I would consider Ozaki and no. Joe Madden, maybe, maybe, but I don't think he would jive with this front office if I'm completely honest. What do you mean he wouldn't jive? He's he's an Andrew Friedman disciple. I know he is, but I I don't think he would jive in the sense of with the coaching staff that's that's I'm sorry, not coaching staff, the front office that's there in the sense of what ownership wants. Just because Friedman wants a certain thing, if ownership comes in and says, "Hey, this is what we want," it doesn't matter what Friedman wants; it's what ownership wants. Whereas in Anaheim, it's what Ari wanted. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really see this Dodgers ownership group though as like being like a lot of hands-on, like say like Artie is. I think it's kind of like they kind of just let things run through Friedman, right? I mean, if they were more hands-on, you would think, well, maybe Friedman's job would be, you know, in kind of in, right in, in trouble right now, right? I mean, because we were saying that like Friedman's not going to fire Dave really if Friedman's kind of telling Dave what to do because then it's kind of no, like. No you know, then it's kind of like firing himself, you know, so it's got to come from the top, obviously. And, and if the Guggenheim group is, is, is fine with Friedman, you know, but we've, but we've also heard as well that they'll step in when they need to. I mean, they, we've, we've heard that from the brass themselves. So, I mean, I, I, that's why I don't think that would work because then you also have to deal with, you fired Dave Roberts. I mean, again, if we're going to look at a call of spade a spade is Joe Madden an equal to Dave Roberts. No, I like Dave Roberts better. So, I, like, I don't think Dave should be fired. And there's a lot of arguments for that. And he had, like, 
in active managers, you know, he has one of the best winning percentages as a manager. It's, it, it, they mentioned, I believe, during the broadcast, but I brought it up a, a while ago. It's it's around 630, which is like it, he gets another World Series. You're talking about him being probably the best manager in Dodgers history um, in terms of wins, winning percentage. And then, you know, I mean, champions is, is the end all be all for a lot of us fans. But you kind of have to look at the other sides of his managing as well. You know, there's only so much he can do. And we mentioned it even in the live, the thing that he has the most control over what is one, the lineup and two, who he ends up putting in for pitching, whether it's like the bullpen, what decisions he's made. And we argued like all season, you know, what he did with this roster and this group of guys who Atina was projected to win like 88 wins on fan graphs. They end up winning a hundred. I mean, that a lot of that was because of Mookie and Freddie at the top, but a big chunk of that is what Dave Roberts did to keep this group close. Um, I think he's a great manager, um, and I can understand the fans' frustrations. You know, they want changes. I just don't don't get your hopes up that you think Dave's going to be fired. If anyone's getting fired, it's some of the other coaches. I think the big one is probably Van Skoyak. I, I feel like. If you're going to make anyone a scapegoat for the offense, that's your guy right there. Um, but even then, I don't really think they make many changes in the coaching staff because, you know, we mentioned it. They're so in line with the front office and the front office is in line with the ownership. If none of them have any issue with how the season ended and they really do think it's just a crapshoot, then they're probably just going to retool, restructure and hope for different results in 2024 and you know it sucks for us fans to hear that especially once they lose in the nlds but i mean you got to get to the playoffs first and then you gotta piece it together after that and they had a lot of like you mentioned you know a lot of cards were dealt their way the roster wasn't supposed to be this way you know the rotation that was the biggest one you know they've had so many injuries and they've had a couple off the field issues and that pretty much derailed the season you know and well, here's, here's a, real quick. Here's the thing with 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 Roberts. Like I see, Michael Carrillo definitely wants Roberts gone. He's mentioned a guy like Great Council. What has Great Council done? He's going to right? the Mets. So. I mean, but what what has he done? Yeah. I mean, so Nothing. the thing with the thing the thing with Roberts. Someone is, even said Buck Showalter, and it's like, listen, I love Buck, but Buck is retiring. Than Dave. He's going back yeah. to MLB Network. <laughs> the, the thing the thing with Roberts is he gets players to buy in, right? players to to do and kind of do what they have to do like i've been seeing a lot of well he doesn't motivate them these are professional freaking baseball players the best of the best the one percent of the one percent right the top like if these players can't motivate themselves to play in a freaking playoff game i mean come on what what is it robert really going, hey, hey dude you got to go out there and you got to perform is that what you want roberts to like tell them like these players have to do it amongst themselves right like i don't know in what world people live in that you want to like if I if I go to my job and I don't do my job, yeah, my 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 boss is gonna get fired, right? Cool, that's cool, right? No, right? It's gonna be me, right? I mean, you got to take accountability. The players have to take accountability, and if they're not performing, they're not performing. We had Carol's on recently, and we've talked about this plenty of times. When Dave Roberts got hired, before he got hired, who was the person that was the number one choice that they were gonna hire? It was pretty much almost done. Who was that person? It was Gabe Kapler. Now, Gabe Kapler has gone on, had some other jobs, and he's gotten all fired from all of them. Imagine if Gabe Kapler 
would have took over this team eight years ago. You think the Dodgers are in the same position? Do you think they're in the same position as they are today? Well, and even then, like some, I don't know who it was, uh, you know, said that Dave, Dave Roberts has no skills. Listen, at the end of the day, if you've never been in a clubhouse, you don't understand the dynamic of the shit that managers have to deal with because managers have to deal with all sorts of personalities because at the end of the day too, they're professional baseball players. Some of them are crazy because if you're the 1% of the 1%, you're, you have a screw that's loose somewhere and you have to be able to be managed by people in order to kind of reel you in a little bit. So like, so again, that's the job of a manager. A manager is able to kind of keep the core together without it tethering and falling apart. Dave is really good at that. Like Phil Jackson is a great example of another guy that could do that because Michael Jordan is a crazy man, but he was able to reel him in and kind of get the rest of the team to understand what they needed to do to win. And that's what Dave has done. And Dave has done a fantastic job about that. That's why I don't stand for Dave Roberts slander because clubhouses are already an incredibly odd dichotomy. Unless, and if you've never been in one, you just don't understand. But at the end of the day too, not only does he understand that there has to, I mean, that's, this is the way the game is now, whether I like it as an old head or not is you have to game plan. You have to manage what the game plan is. And, and you, and it's not even just the matchups. It's just analytics now, but Dave has a really good feel for both how you need to manage the person and how you need to manage the, the statistics. If you can't do that in this era of baseball, then you're not going to have longevity. And that's why Dave Roberts has had longevity because he understands how to manage all of that. So for me, I think that's where it's out of pocket in the sense of saying, Hey, you got to file him or fire him because he doesn't have any skills. Well, like, okay. So then what skills does Joe Madden have that Dave Roberts doesn't have? But that's what I don't understand in all this, right? Craig Cancel. What's like Craig Cancel? I think you're right, Cody. I think he's going to be a Met. Like that, that and it's like, I don't, I wouldn't touch that job with the 10 foot pole if I'm completely honest. And that's just because that's its own, that's got its own problems. But Dave Roberts has gone out and managed all of this well. And even the off the field issues, Trevor Bauer's situation, Julio Diaz's situation, where in some teams that that's a clubhouse vibe killer to the extreme. And they've done a fantastic job of managing that, being able to get everybody here. And um, look, for example, oh, look, look at down the five, the San Diego job, right? They hired Bob Melvin. Bob Melvin was considered a good manager, right? With the A's, he did a great job there, right? Yeah. He goes to San Diego, and he's giving all these superstars, right? And it's not that easy. You can't just put a bunch of superstars and expect them to gel, and and run. Look, look at all the issues they've had. I mean, there's there's a lot of issues there within the players. That's why that team, I think has not been able to gel and I don't see them gelling because until either those players kind of learn to kind of, this is how it's supposed to done or, or, or Melvin really knows how to finesse that, that clubhouse. I don't see them having success. No. And and you're a thousand percent right. Cause, and I think a part of the issue down there is, is one thing that a good manager does is for instance, with the Dodgers, you have Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, Clayton Kershaw, and, and a bunch of other really good baseball players. Like Chris Taylor would probably be an everyday starter somewhere else, right? But he's playing he's playing in the bench. He's being paid a lot of money to play on the bench, but he's playing bench. But these are guys that are that are alphas to begin with. They've always been the guy. Everywhere they've been, everywhere they've played, they've been the guy. And you have those that mixture of of 
of an attitude and that's how they carry themselves. You got to know how to manage that. You get a bunch of alphas in San Diego and that's a part of the issue is they can't manage that. Those, those things. That's not on Bob Melvin. That's not a hundred percent on Bob Melvin because at the end of the day, that's the culture that was there when he got there. So he was just trying to kind of, you know, keep the peace, if you will. So that way there's no issues. Dave Roberts has done a fantastic job of all of that. And then you throw in everyone that is above him with the expectations. Hey, our whole thing is we want to win championships every year. That's the mindset that everyone needs to buy into. How hard is it at your job if you work with five people to get people to buy into just one sort of cultural thing? It's really hard. Imagine that with alphas that are the 1% of the 1% at what they do for a living. It's even harder. So Dave does a fantastic job of navigating all of that. Oh, and on top of that, it's one of the biggest media markets in the country. So he has to level, you know, navigate the scrutiny that comes with that as well. And so Aaron Boone is a guy that comes to mind. I feel so bad for the guy, but at the same time, the shit sandwich was kind of created on its own because from ownership down, there's no accountability there. Right. And so that's where it makes sort of those sorts of situations difficult. And it's not like the Yankees are a bunch of scrubs either. Let's just call that a spade too. But if you can't manage that, that's the issue you're going to run into. I, I want to ask you the, both of you this, uh, after we, we get off that Dave Roberts, uh, uh, soapbox. Um, well, I mean, the, the one bright spot is Will Smith. Like Will Smith actually had a pretty good, I mean, he had a good game today, three for four, uh, with a double and got a run and, uh, had, was hitting, I think four, four and some change in the series. Um, I, I, the Austin Barnes, Will Smith thing is interesting because obviously Austin Barnes is basically Kershaw's personal catcher. So, and I saw a lot of people kind of slandering Austin Barnes and, you know, to a certain degree, rightfully so, you know I mean? He's, it's not like he's a prolific hitter. Right. But with that, my question to you guys is, and again, I'm, I'm going to the cheap seats for this. Who would you, who would you have called up for Austin? Cause I saw some people saying, don't put him on the roster. Like what? That's where I'm confused with all of this. Cause I feel like everyone's just pulling hairs. Am I right to looking at it that way that we're just, we're splitting hairs at this point? No, I mean, they kind of just used what they had on their bench. And I mean, using Barnes in that situation, would I have done it? I mean, people were, they were posting the statistics for Peralta that since July, and he's had a 550 OPS. I think I'm probably going to ride with him giving a better at bat than Austin Barnes. Um, and one side of that is like, all right, well, I don't want to burn through my catcher my backup catcher in case something happens, even though it is late in the game. And then two, it's, I mean, it's Austin Barnes. Like we can't sugarcoat it. He's not the best offensive player. Um, and especially in that spot, we've seen him come up clutch in the past, but this season has been just such a bad season from him. Uh, I, I wouldn't have done it, but like, I guess I can understand it when you're playing the matchups. Um, but yeah, I kind of probably would have just wrote it out with, give me, let me see what, um, Peralta can do. I believe it was lefty. It would have been lefty on lefty. Um, but other than that, you know, someone did tweet it out earlier. You know, this would have been a great spot for Ahmed Rosario, who was unfortunately left off the roster. Um, so you can look, treat that with how you want. But um, we didn't really have many options on the bench at that point in the game. It was Barnes. It was either you were riding with putting Barnes in or you were riding with Peralta. And I think probably both cases you're probably getting 
the Diamondbacks are getting out of that inning. No, no, you're right. I mean, the, and and back to kind of the original point of 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 something that Roger said. I do think this one, for sure, as a fan, hurts a lot more than in years past. But I think we've said this before. But I think out of all of the you know the last the last uh, what is it four playoffs you know playoff outs ex- exits or however you want to word it i think this is the one where you kind of have to do the whole like look in the mirror and like hey what do we need to do to to avoid this issue and and i think to a certain degree dave roberts a little bit ago um said quote the regular season i think we do a great job but the last couple of postseasons it just hasn't gone well for us so i've got to figure it out i i think I mean, that's where accountability starts, right? It starts with being able to kind of look at it and admit, hey, we got to figure this out. Like, what what is it that's wrong? And and I think, I mean, obviously, like we've, we've alluded to for the last little bit, it's going to require for sure some some roster overhaul. Like, that's going to start there. But But even then, like, let's say this keeps happening. Playing devil's advocate. At that point, is it one of those that you do have to put it on Either I mean at this point, in my opinion, it's Andrew Friedman. I, I think that's where the where the where the buck has to stop. I don't think it's Dave Roberts. But if Dave Roberts goes out and does this again, then who do we have to and and nothing changes, but they go out and overhaul the roster, add some pieces. Let's say they go out and make some splashes. Hell, let's even say they bring Shohei. I don't think they're bringing Shohei, but let's say they go get Shohei, and then it's another cataclysmic failure. Then then what do we attribute it to at that point? Then Roger. Yeah, I mean, eventually, like that, even. Even if it's not, you know, Dave Roberts, it's not the hitting coach. It, it the blame's going to be put somewhere eventually, right? So whether, right. you know, that's going to fall on Dave Roberts eventually, right? And you know, same thing happens eventually. Him or Andrew Friedman or someone's going to fall. I mean, it's just that's just what people have to do. Okay, okay, we're going to give it a fresh start and we're going to axe this guy and we're going to move forward. Um, but and I, and I know it's an excuse, and I know a lot of people are talking about it. It's the playoff format. That's what they need to figure out because. Today was the third game that the Dodgers had played in the last 10 days. And especially, too, with when in this series, how it was like it never felt like it really got started. Like you played a game on Saturday, then you yeah. stop, then you played a game, then you stop, then you played a game. It was like you're going like this, right? So I know that's, that's an excuse and they're not going to use it, but you're going to have Dodgers are out, Orioles are out, Braves are one, one loss from being out. That's the top, top three record in, in MLB this season. All could be out in the first round. So, but then you got the Astros, right? Astros just keep chugging along and they, they figured it out and they're, they're moving forward. So that I think is it, when Dave Roberts says we need to figure it out, they need to figure out if they're going to go in as the division winner, how they're going to get by that, that layoff. That's what they need to figure out. Or, I mean, it makes more sense just go in as a wild card and you stay hot and keep playing. But I think that's, that's where the issue that they need to figure that out. I mean, I mean, that's going to be the biggest topic, I, yeah. I, I believe, this offseason is because, I mean, everyone's given, I mean, a lot of crap to Braves fans who have been probably the most vocal about this. Um, having days off for baseball sucks. You know, it sucks. It ruins the rhythm. Um, and Roger, you know, you're right. This series, it felt jagged. You know, we start one day, have an off day start another day. All right. Then we have a travel day and then we start today. 
So there was really no room for, I mean, either team to get in a rhythm. But the thing that the D-backs had going is that they played every single game in the regular season was must win for them. Um, even though they lost the series against the Astros, you know, they still had to play competitive baseball. Then they play the wild card round where they, those games matter. You know, you're, you're winning to move on to the, in the next round. And then you play the Dodgers who have been pretty much just kicking rocks, waiting to see who they're going to be playing between the Brewers and the D-backs. Um, and it's hard to stay competitive that way, especially with that much layoff. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they probably start talking about changing it up now because it's fun for fans and for the, like, I guess the sport to have these teams um, come up and surprise. But I can tell you for a fact that the MLB at one, at some point, if it keeps happening, they're going to be checking their wallets. They're going to be checking the TV ratings. And I mean, no way you sugarcoat it. Teams like the Braves and the Dodgers, those are the teams that people want to watch. Those are the teams that the country's watching. They're going to push for it. So it's definitely going to be a discussion this offseason. Real quick, well, I, want, I, will I, real, real quick I just want to thank uh, Zach Apple. He's a, we have this super supporter thing now, and you guys could actually support the, the site. So Zach, Zach uh, donated to the site. Thank you, Zach. And, and yeah, it is, like he mentioned also, it's, it's, lose, it's, it's an excuse, right, to say, yeah, the layoff is hurting them. That's what I'm saying. They need to figure it out, how, what they're going to do in that layoff, because obviously Houston is, is figuring it out. And they're yeah. back in the, in the LCS. So, you know, for whatever it is, it is affecting some teams. And you got to figure it out. Because if, if there's another team that can do it, you got to be able to figure it out. Boy, yeah, I'm not going to use it as an excuse. Like, at yeah. the end of the day, the offense, you know, they have to break away somehow. Um, I just think I, 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 I'm pretty sure that the MLB is going to definitely. Because I feel like the MLB Players Association, Association is probably going to push for some type of reseeding, especially from these top teams. But I don't know. They change it every year now. Well, it'd have to come from the union. But also the other thing is the reason it won't change in the near future is the TV deals. The TV deals is what dollar, dollar bill, y'all. Like at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. I mean, even with college football, why do you think there's been so much realignment? Because of money. So with TV money being such a big factor – Nothing's going to change if that's what's paying. If that if that's what's keeping the lights on, nothing's going to change. Um, I, I I just saw this stat a second ago that I, I will be honest, I didn't know this stat until a few moments ago, but it's kind of wild that with this with the Los Angeles Dodgers that this is a stat. Um, starting pitchers only went four and two thirds innings, thirteen earned runs with an ERA of twenty five through three games. That that's insane. I mean, I honestly, I that's like, I mean, obviously they've they've bowed out the last few postseasons, but that's not a stat I expected to see. Um, especially with, I mean, it's not like these guys are scrubs either. Let's also be honest. And you know what's incredible? It actually got it lowered today with the Lance Lynn's performance of only four runs. I think it was up like at forty two or something like that. And mm-hmm. Lance came in and, and it actually lowered. <laughs> but I mean. But that's baseball for you, man. I mean, that's that's what's crazy. So I, all right. So as we start to wrap this thing up, I, I want to again thank everyone that joined us um, and and chimed in. We we are all here in mourning and in pain, 
And uh, and who I feel bad for is uh, the likes of Juan Ramirez, who I know is in pain somewhere on a softball diamond. Uh, not because his kiddo is is having a miserable game, but because the Dodgers lost. Um, and so, so I, I want to thank everyone for joining us here. Uh, as we wrap this thing up, I'll start with you, Cody. Um, what is what is the 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 hot take that you have going into this off season that's going to happen? Obviously, it won't be tomorrow, but whenever the new league year is, what's your hot take for that? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that you can go around. Um, but, you know, I'll go with the hot take in the room. I think there's a very high chance that they move on from Roberts. I, I feel like at some point they kind of have to look at it. We'll find out, I guess, in a couple of days when they do their their meeting. Um, that would be my big one. And then the other one would just be that they move on from Kershaw, whether it's just that, you know, they say they, they're going to let him test the market or whatever, but maybe they don't offer him a contract if they don't see him in their plans for that season. Um, that would be my big one. Um, but yeah, I don't really see anything else major really happening. I feel like that's the only thing that could change like big change is if one of those two guys isn't on the team next year. Roger. Um, I don't think they're going to move on from, from like Roberts. Uh, I mean, I could see like I could see Kershaw leaving, but I, I, I think, I think they're going to get Shohei. I really feel like they're going to get Shohei. I think the, um, they're going to, it's going to be kind of like, Hey, you know, we've struggled. We've had early exits last couple of years. But here's Shohei to start of a new, a new era in Dodger baseball. And I think, I think they bring on Shohei. Uh, so number one, tipping the cap to Arizona because they just outplayed the Dodgers. I mean, that's just the reality. Um, that's kind of the the lead that's being buried is they came out and just played better. They managed the game just a little bit better. You know, I think I think Tori Lovello made the right decisions at the right time. Um, and you can't scrutinize anything that he did. But at the end of the day, I think uh, a tip of the cap again to them because they just they got they got hot at the right time. I mean, that's just the reality, right? And, and real quick, Alonso, when you're talking about the D backs, like so last Friday was the workout, right? And I sat in for a couple of the um the press conferences for the D backs. So it was like yeah. Lavello and Lavello Lavello seems like a great dude. I mean he yeah, seems like like he's brought a, a culture to Arizona and it's definitely working for them. And their front office, uh, you know, Hazen and Derek Hall said so the one the the one thing I took away when I left that, it, it hit me. I was like, "Crap, this this is going to be a tough series, and it could be an upset." That was because I just heard the way they talked. You know, they 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 knew exactly what they wanted. They bit. They're in this division. They were talking about you know you're in this division with the Dodgers, and they've seen the Dodgers, and just the way that's kind of where they wanted to get right. They want to get to that top of that mountain right, and just the way they talked. You know, just the the admiration for the Dodgers and, and I knew, you know, if Dodgers are, are not taking the D backs in any way seriously at all, this was definitely a possibility. And as we saw it, it's actually what happened. Yeah, no. And, uh, and listen, there, they, I said it in the, the last live and I said it earlier this year, the D backs are going to be a problem. And I think they became a problem a year too soon. And they're going to continue to be a problem. They've been building a great 
a great team over there for the last couple of years. They've done a fantastic job of acquiring guys. Zach Allen is a guy that comes to mind and they've tied up Corbin Carroll. I mean, they, they've got some dudes, so they're going to be a problem. I think they will be a problem before the San Diego Padres are. That's, that's a hot take as well. But I think, uh, I, I don't think Dave they're going to move on from Dave Roberts. I just laugh because, again, give me three guys that are better than or equal to Dave Roberts that you can replace him with. There's not that, – that list is – is Tori Lovello's on that list, but it, it's a very, very short list. Um, number two, I think that might have been the last we saw of Clayton Kershaw. Knowing Kershaw and the competitor that he is – I know that's not how he wants to go out, but I also know that he would want to go out on a shield. And so so I think as much as it pains me to say it is I think that's the last that we saw of Kershaw. Um, and realistically, I think that the last hot take I have is, is I think they're, they're going to be louder than they were this past offseason in the sense of going out and being aggressive and making moves to acquire guys. Because to something that Cody said earlier, it's fine and dandy to have all of these prospects and to, to hoard prospects, but if they're not either producing at the big league level or they're not ready yet, but you have a surplus of them, then what's the point of hoarding them if you're not able to flip them into something that can get you results now? And I think that's one of the things you're going to look at in the mirror is, okay, Diego Cartaya might be two years away still, but if you can win now, and I mean – the perfect example is when they when they sent Glaber over to the Nationals. Granted, they don't have Trey anymore, but they were you know that that worked out for a little while, right? So I mean, again, it's 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 a win now. You know what have you done for me lately? Business to begin with, and I think that's what's going to happen is they're going to go out and I think be really aggressive in the trade market to overhaul this roster because if you're going to let a lot of these guys go, well then you got to have a, a way to plug those holes to improve your team. Um, and so, so I think that's where it's going to be really heavily focused on in this off season to kind of reconstruct everything and go from there. Um, if there is a coach that is going to be fired, uh, I do think Roger's right. I think they're going to move on from Vance. Uh, I can't ever say his last name, Van, uh, and Squiak. And Squiak. Thank you. Uh, I think that's out of all of the coaches they have, that's really the only one that if you were to kind of like scrutinize, He's the guy. But even then, how can you scrutinize him when Freddie Freeman, Max Muncie, J.D. Martinez, and Mookie Betts all hit, had over 100 RBIs? So it's it's one of those where, you know, it, it goes it goes back and forth um, in, in the sense of what you can move on from. Definitely don't fire Josh Bard because whatever Josh Bard or Mark Pryor are doing, let them keep cooking, man, because that bullpen was lights out. Um, well, we will wrap this guy up again. Thank you, everyone that joined us. Uh, I, I did see uh, uh, something from the uh, the cheap seats that I wanted to mention. Even the A's should beat us. <laughs> I thought that was that was a good uh, the A's catching a stray uh, in it here. But I think uh, again, we just have to tip our cap to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Man, they outplayed the Dodgers and they went on to sweep the Dodgers and they move on to to the NLCS. And and I honestly think I think the Phillies are going to advance. That's that's a hot take that I'll, I'll put out there. But I said that also a little while ago. And that would be a fun series because if, if you got two hot hands going into the NLCS, that's going to be a really fun series. Um, but on that note, myself, Alonso. Oh, go ahead, Roger. Sorry. Real quick. So 
Philly's D-backs. I think Philly's advanced too. I want to get you guys' uh, picks too. Uh, Philly's Rangers in the World Series. Uh, Philly's Astros in the World Series. I'll go Philly's Astros, and I think we get our first repeat champion. Ah, oh, okay. All right. I like that. I like that. I, I'm i thinking, of the, uh, yeah, I'm giving the Phillies, I'm giving the Phillies the edge. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, I mean, I was worried that if the Dodgers even advanced, I thought they were probably with the way things were lining up with their offense and the pitching. I mean, like I live in the Philadelphia area. I mean, on paper, how they play today. Like I watched that game earlier. I was like, the Braves aren't being this team. I don't think the Dodgers could even beat this team right now. I really had like D backs gave it to us, but I have a really hard chance of seeing the D backs upset the Phillies with how they have it right now, because you know, Dodgers should just take a couple notes from them and how they build their roster. Cause they have like a six man rotation. They got a lineup one through nine, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I just think I like the Astros still and, you know, they continue to prove, uh, a lot of us wrong, um, especially with the World Series last year. But yeah, that, that's where I'll go. I mean, if anything, the Astros have been nothing but consistent. I mean, you know, all asterisks and all all those things aside, they've been consistent. And I think the other guy who's on that list, but I don't think he will leave Houston and and uh, manage anywhere else is Dusty Baker. I mean, that again, if you don't have those guys that can kind of get everyone to buy in with everything that's gone on. This is just where it's at, man. And but I, I do agree with you, man. The Phillies, I, I I talk about this a lot again in seventeen when the Nationals just punched the Dodgers in the mouth, and they went on to make a run. Sometimes what it is, or I'm sorry, nineteen. Um, sometimes when you when you when you get magic in a bottle, that's just the way that it goes. And and you know what, the D-backs. Someone said it here a little bit ago. Uh, you know they were. They they went from the worst record to making the playoffs, and that's just that's the game of baseball. Sometimes that's how it goes. It's, it 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 catches everyone by uh by surprise, and here we are. So, uh, Roger, I know you don't. I mean, we're, I'll just say it. I mean, you're gonna say the Phillies are winning the World Series, right? I don't know. I mean, I the Rangers. If you recall, I I didn't even think the Rangers were going to make the playoffs this season. I said yeah, earlier, because no, you I, hate Corey Seager, but I digress. No, I I like Corey Seager, but I mean they they've been playing really good baseball as well. I think if you get a a, a Ranger Philly World Series, it's going to be pretty good. Um, I don't know, man. I I think the Rangers could 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 actually win it all this year. And you know what's crazy about that? Without Max Scherzer. I mean, freaking Nathan Devaldi, man. I mean, if that would have been a pickup the Dodgers could have done, I mean, that dude is freaking just incredible in the postseason as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah that's that's a, that's a guy that I would have loved to have had here, but here we are. Well, listen, man, everyone that joined us, thank you. I know at some point we'll do another episode and we'll, we'll catch up with all y'all. Um, but for everyone that joined us and chimed in, thank you again. We really appreciate it. To, uh, I forgot, uh, Zach Apple, who... who it was active in here and uh and uh threw us some coin thank you as well i didn't know that was a thing until a few minutes ago so zach apple thank you for breaking that news to me so i did not know that was a thing but from everyone here at bleed loss podcast we really appreciate you we will catch you down the road stay safe don't drink too many it's not worth the sadness and don't drink and drive all right we will catch you down the road thank you all (laughs) 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.